Wednesday, June 22 edition of PFTOT. This is supposed to be the slow time. Come on, NFL. Keeping us busy year-round in that five-week or so gap between the end of the off-season program, the start of training camp. Plenty to discuss. Although, today, the main story, likely something the NFL would just as soon not discuss, the hearing of the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Commissioner Roger Gattel testifies virtually from New York City. Daniel Snyder, on his yacht somewhere in France, apparently, does not participate. Before I get to any of the various opinions and reactions I may have, and I have a list that I've kind of loosely constructed, but like so often, I'm just going to say whatever pops into my head. I want to start with this. It really is disturbing as an American citizen to see how dysfunctional Congress is. And this is a nonpartisan political comment. It's definitely a political comment because it relates to our political system. It is not a Democrat or a Republican thing. It is just a reflection of the fact that the divide is so vast right now in this inherently warped two-party system that they speak different languages from different planets in every setting. I assume what I saw today was just a microcosm of what happens in every committee hearing by either the House or the Senate or wherever this business is transacted. It really is troubling, and it's just a sign of where we currently are and how far we have to go to get to the point where we at least can operate off the same page or at least the same chapter in the playbook. We don't have to agree on the specific language of each given line or sentence or paragraph, but we can at least agree that we're in the same general ballpark. And one of the big issues as it relates to today's hearing, and this is an area where I will be partisan in insofar as I firmly believe the Congress has every right to exercise regulation over the National Football League. They fight about that. Why are we wasting time? Gas prices are high. Inflation is at record high, baby formula shortage. Look, Congress is capable of doing multiple things. I mean, think of it this way. If, if these other issues somehow short-circuited congressional business, how many people would get away with stuff? Well, we can't investigate that because gas prices are too high. I mean, it would be cover for all sorts of misconduct. If all you had to say is, well, you know what? Times are tough. We better not investigate that thing that that company did that it shouldn't have done because gas prices currently are too high. There's always something where the price is too high. There's always something going on that we can point to and say, wow, it's tough to be an American these days. We should focus on that instead of the thing we're here for. And what makes it even more confusing in this case, every time they ask the witness the man in charge of the National Football League, the dude whose name is on the Duke, he doesn't have any problem with it. So you've got some of these folks blue in the face over, we shouldn't be doing this. And when they ask the commissioner, he's fine with it. Why? Why? Because of the broadcast antitrust exemption. One of the members of the committee had him on the ropes over that issue of, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. The Sports Broadcasting Act of 1961 allows the NFL to sell TV rights in bulk. And if you didn't have it, you know what would happen? The league would blow apart because the Cowboys would sell their TV rights to some network for $10 billion a year. 
and the Jaguars would sell their rights to some other network for 10 million a year. And there would be a huge disparity in revenue. It would be impossible to hold together the concept of revenue sharing. And the league would fracture into two leagues, maybe more. Now, maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe that's what free enterprise should be. But an exception to free enterprise was made for the NFL via the broadcast antitrust exemption. And because of that, the NFL welcomes the scrutiny of the body that gave them this golden ticket to hold the league together and ensure that the rising tide will lift all boats from the Cowboys super yacht down to the Jaguars dinghy. That's why it's okay with the NFL. They know not to complain about this. Anyway, one of the big complaints was over the fact that Daniel Snyder wasn't there. And early in the session and also at the end of it, Chairperson Carolyn Maloney announced that she will be issuing a subpoena to secure Snyder's presence next week for a deposition. Now, it won't be public, but it'll be part of the record. And I assume we'll see all or part of the transcript at some point. So that was probably the biggest news of the day, that the next step is they're going to subpoena Daniel Snyder. And we, we should have seen that coming. They asked him nicely to be there. He gave them the middle finger. And so they're going to take it to the next level, which is to force him to testify under oath. And the stakes are high, especially for Snyder. And I said it earlier this week, the PR fallout from not testifying is better than the potential consequences of testifying. Because if you start answering questions, you may say something that cooks your goose with the NFL, or you may tell something that's other than the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And the next thing you know, you're being prosecuted for lying to Congress. So it's better to avoid it if you can, looks like he won't be able to avoid it. Although I don't know if they have process servers in France who can storm Daniel Snyder's super yacht and force him to come back by next week. It may have to wait until next month before they can sit down with Daniel Snyder. A couple of highlights from Goodell's testimony. Not a surprise. They issued in advance of the session a, a transcript of what his opening remarks would be. And he doubled down, as I expected him to do, on the question of anonymity requests from some employees becoming full and complete and total secrecy as to the facts, the findings, and the recommendations of Beth Wilkinson, who conducted a 10-month investigation. The league's position is some of these folks wanted anonymity, so we must give secrecy to everyone. And that is, all due respect, a ridiculous, disingenuous, horse crap position. And some of the committee members tried to gain some ground and make some points and get Goodell to acknowledge. And look, this is why he gets 65 million a year, folks. He knows how to hold his own. He was on the ropes a few times. And he's never going to come out and admit it when he's in a box. He's never going to cry uncle. He's always going to find a way around whatever it is that they're trying to get him to say. But an excellent point was made multiple times. And the one time it stands out, Jamie Raskin, one of the members of the committee, showed and quoted from the Dolphins report from the bullying scandal involving Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito nearly a decade ago, there are individuals who requested anonymity whose names were redacted from the report. That's how you provide anonymity. Anonymity does not mean secrecy. 
It just means my name isn't going to be tied to what is out there. Now, look, is it possible that someone like Daniel Snyder could reverse engineer the facts? And if he's really motivated to figure out who it is, determine the name of the person that provided the information? Yes. But you know what? If you're so concerned as a league about retaliation by Daniel Snyder, because he'll go to the effort to work backward, to figure out the names of people who have been given anonymous recognition in the report. If you're so concerned about that, the guy's got no business owning an NFL team. If, if you, and it never came out this way, but I think that's the next logical step. Hey, we were able to do it with the Dolphins because you know what? Stephen Ross isn't the kind of asshole, sorry, who would go backward and try to figure out who these people are so he could retaliate against them in some way. But Daniel Snyder may be. So let's just make everything secret so there's no opportunity for Daniel Snyder to work backward. Now, now, one of the other points that was made, and this is a good one, to the extent that Snyder had access to what was going on, doesn't matter if there's anonymity. He knows what they're saying. He knows what's happening. Doesn't have to be in a public report for him to be in a position to work backward and retaliate. And he did anyway. He did anyway. One of the other things that was in Goodell's statement, and this jumped out to me, because Goodell doesn't want to get prosecuted for lying to Congress. So when he explains in his written testimony that he recited to start the process that Daniel Snyder is not involved in day-to-day -day operations of the commanders, to the best of my knowledge, that is legal speak for, if I'm wrong, I'm not lying because it's to the best of my knowledge. I may not know. Hey, that's news to me. To the best of my knowledge, he's not involved in day-to-day -day operations. That just makes my blood boil. Here's why. Late March, Roger Goodell stands up and says that without the, to the best of my knowledge, at the league meetings. He says, Daniel Snyder is not involved with the day-to-day -day operations and his wife, Tanya, represents the team at league events. The next day, or thereabouts, the Washington Times reports, oh no, Snyder is back in his day-to-day -day role. And I asked the league about it. No comment. Well, how can you have no comment? I think I pushed back a little bit. How can you have no comment when there's a published report that's contradicting what the commissioner just said? We'll stand on what the commissioner said. So he's right or he's wrong. What is it? Which is it? And I mention that because it's kind of hard to play the to the best of my knowledge card now when you're on notice in early April that there's a report that Snyder is basically giving you the middle finger and he's back to work. Why didn't you investigate it? Why didn't you look into it? Why didn't you figure out whether or not this report is true? Because that would be the kind of thing that presumably would trigger additional punishment. I mean, think about it. If you're a kid and you get in trouble at school and you're told to go write 50 times on the blackboard, pick any one of the Bart Simpson sentences that he's filling in on the chalkboard as the show begins, and you cut corners deliberately and the teacher finds out, do you think the teacher just says, okay, or, or, if someone says, hey, you know, he was supposed to do it 50 times. I think he only did it five times. And the teacher just says, okay. That's basically what's going on here. Goodell was put on notice that Snyder was back to work.
and apparently didn't investigate it, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my knowledge. In other words, he's probably back, but you know, don't ask, don't tell. Another important point from Roger Goodell's testimony today, the allegations made against Daniel Snyder in 2009, the details of which were published last night, some of them by the Washington Post. Troubling, if true, the information that was published in the Post came from a letter that was sent by a lawyer for the team to a lawyer representing the individual who made the claim, reportedly a $1.6 million settlement, and Goodell admitting today he was not aware, or he does not recall. I think it's do not recall. That, that's, a, that's a safe, safe harbor type of a thing, too. I don't recall. But, well, maybe maybe I, I knew at some point, but I don't recall. But in this point, it's actually not in his interest to say I don't recall whether or not Daniel Snyder ever alerted the league to this allegation. Because there's an obligation, a clear obligation, mandatory in the personal conduct policy, to notify the league when there is a claim made that could give rise to a violation of the policy. So he would know, Goodell would know, if Snyder or the commanders made the required self-report because there would have been a full investigation. See, what happened was they settled it. They wrote the check. They buried it. Confidentiality agreement. Nobody's ever supposed to know about it. League's going to never know about it. That's the short circuit around the personal conduct policy. That's why Jerry Richardson had to sell his team. Jerry Richardson had multiple NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, confidentiality provisions in settlements about all appearances he didn't tell the league about. And I remember thinking in late 2017, early 2018, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think Mark Leibovich, who wrote the book, Big Game, the NFL in Dangerous Times, I think when he sat in for Peter King a couple of years ago, he made that point. Did he sit in for Peter King or was he interviewed by Peter King? Either way, either way, Leibovich made that point that that could be the tip of the iceberg. And back in 2009, that was the iceberg. How can the NFL even begin to hold anyone accountable if the NFL doesn't know what happened? And it didn't know what happened in part because of the confidentiality agreement and the fact that the commanders apparently failed to honor their obligation under the personal conduct policy to alert the league about the allegation from 2009. The commissioner also was asked during a spirited session with Rashida Tlaib, representative from Michigan, whether or not he has the power to remove Daniel Snyder. And she was so close to the bullseye on this. The, and it's hard, it's hard because Look, I got to give him credit. And this is why he's making so much money. He can be very slippery when you're trying to pin him down. Very slippery. And that clock is ticking. You got five minutes. So you creep in a few extra words here, an extra clause there. And the person who is asking the questions knows, come on, man, let's, let's hurry this up. I'd prefer a short answer so I can ask another question. But at the very end, of Representative Tlaib's time, the question was posed, will you remove Daniel Snyder as an owner? And Roger Goodell said, I don't have the authority to do that. And he's right. But here's the question. Will you activate the process 
that could lead to the ouster of Daniel Snyder, yes or no? Because he does have the authority to do that under the Constitution and bylaws. He does have the authority when he believes that the maximum fine is insufficient to refer the matter to the executive committee for proceedings that could result in a forced sale of the franchise. So even though he doesn't have the authority to remove Snyder, he does have the authority to start the process of potentially removing Snyder. Unfortunately, that question wasn't directly asked. As I also wrote in the days preceding this hearing, once you agree to submit to something like this, you're going to be asked all sorts of questions unrelated to why you're ostensibly there, because there's no guardrails on the five minutes that the various representatives have. And the way that I thought this was going to go was the Democratic representatives would go after Goodell on matters related to commanders and other things that kind of fall under that general umbrella. And the Republican members who mostly were of the mind, why are we here? Why are we wasting our time? Baby formula, gasoline, yada, yada, yada. They would not really push Goodell. Well, one Republican did, Jim Jordan. Shirt sleeves, Jim Jordan. That's how he's so recognizable. He never wears a jacket. Always, he's, and that's fine. He's working. Roll up the sleeves and get to work. It's, it's a powerful message to, to the voting base. I'm working for you. I don't wear a jacket. I got my shirt sleeves up. And I'm not being pejorative. It works. It works for him. It's a good look. Anyway, anyway, he went after Goodell on Jack Del Rio. And this one was interesting to me. He asked Goodell if he agrees with the $100,000 fine that was imposed against Del Rio by commander's coach, Ron Rivera. And non-answer, word salad. Jordan didn't let him get away with it. Asked it again, yes or no, do you agree? And Goodell, very skillful in avoiding even a clear yes or no. It's not my position to have an opinion. Surely deep down, Roger, you've got an opinion on whether or not it was the right thing to do. Surely when you look at that, you either nod approvingly or you cringe. You don't just have a flatline response to it. Come on, Roger. Come on. But see, in that setting, it's hard to really press him that aggressively. But come on. He, he's he's got to have. He's got to have some reaction. The needle moves somewhere. It doesn't just stay right there. Right? Jack Del Rio, find $100,000. Good, bad. It doesn't just stay right there. But anyway... Jordan's point was, hey, you recommend and encourage people to speak out in peaceful protest. He, re he read some comments from Goodell from 2019. Do you still believe that? Do you still believe that? Goodell knew where it was going because he said, well, people are responsible for what they say. And, and he continued to push him. And Goodell's point continued to be, yes, but there are consequences for the things that we say and do. And that one... That one bothered me. I'm not going to say more than anything. The whole thing just bothers me. The idea that they think we're dumb enough to accept the idea that they're going to hide all of this stuff because they want to protect the anonymity of some people. It's lie after lie after lie after lie. I'm sorry. Get mad at me. I don't care. I'm easy to find. You want to call me up and yell at me? Fine. Have the dignity to call me up, though. You don't have to call anybody at NBC and yell at them. You can call up and yell at me. It's lie after lie after lie. And it just is. And it's tiring. 
But this needle that he was trying to thread on, we encourage people to peacefully protest, but there are consequences for the things you say and do. I don't understand that. We encourage you to say whatever you want, but, but, but there may be consequences for what you say. We encourage you to consider the consequences as we encourage you to speak. At a certain point, encourage becomes discourage. And it resonated with me because, and Jordan wasn't gonna point this out, it was obvious that when, look, these political positions are just rife with hypocrisy on both sides, Democrat and Republican, hypocrisy out the wazoo. But everything Jordan was saying regarding Del Rio applies with equal force to who? To who? To Colin Kaepernick, right? You encourage people to peacefully protest. And when they do, there are consequences for their actions. That's the common thread between Del Rio and Kaepernick. Look, I don't believe Del Rio should have been fined $100,000 for what he said. His consequence was to be called out publicly for saying something stupid, not to be fined for it. Now, now, where I break from that is, look, a guy who was a two-time head coach, who knows the importance of avoiding distractions, who made himself a distraction, may be unfit to be the Washington Commander's defensive coordinator. Substantively, not as a punishment for what he said, but the guy gratuitously created a distraction. And we know they hate distractions. May make him unfit to continue in the job. Whatever the distraction is, he created it. But as it relates to saying what he said, for the same reasons I don't think Colin Kaepernick should have been shunned, I don't think Del Rio should have been fined. If, if we encourage people to speak their mind, we can't pick and choose what the topics are. But to get back to the point, it does bother me. And this is just an example of the swordplay that happens in these settings. Roger Goodell was trying to stay ahead of Jim Jordan in the face of this potentially unexpected attack by saying, well, yeah, I encourage that, but there are consequences of the things we say and do. He didn't know how right he was. He didn't know how true and accurate he was. And it helps us explain why Colin Kaepernick still is unemployed and why he has been since 2017. And it helps us explain and understand why Del Rio got fined. Yeah, we encourage you to say whatever you want to say, but we reserve the right to make business decisions in reaction to the things you say. And that's really what it was. Kaepernick, business decision was teams feared losing money, losing revenue from fans who would boycott buying tickets or watching games or buying gear or whatever the case may be to express their displeasure. For Del Rio, the harm was you got Virginia politicians, one in particular saying that's the final nail in getting free money for a new stadium. So that's really the sad truth here amid all of these lies. It's just another lie. We support your ability to say whatever you want to say as long as it doesn't cause us potential financial heartburn. It's kind of the bottom line of everything that's going on with the Washington Commanders, with the Commissioner, and the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. And next week, typically the single most slowest week of the year, that dead spot before the 4th of July, 
It may not be dead. Then get that process server over to the French Riviera and, and get Daniel Snyder properly served. I don't know anything about the treaties that would apply when it comes to service of a congressional subpoena in France, but we'll see what happens. And uh, one way or the other, this isn't over and we'll be covering it. Even though PFT Live is on hiatus, PFT OT is here every single day, sometimes PFT double OT. Here's hoping you won't hear from me again today. We will reconvene tomorrow. Everybody have a great evening and check us out around the clock at ProFootball.com.